Hello, everyone. Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne. And today, we don't only have special guests for you. I also have a special co-host here in the studio. Bushra Malak is filling in for Allison, who is off today. Bushra also filled in a few weeks ago when I was away on deployment to North Carolina. So, Bushra, we are happy to have you back. And thank you for joining us to co-host today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that warm welcome. We want you to come back as often as you can, and feel free to add Prep Talk to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow us on social media. So Bushra, it's that time again. It's my least favorite time of the year when I have to bundle up, wear two scarves, I look at it as sort of a fashion statement of sorts, uh, and try to stay warm because it's winter. That's right. It's been really chilly out. So the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration actually predicted a mild winter season for much of the United States, but we've been feeling it here in New York City, and winter has only just begun. (laughs) You said only just begun, and I don't know if Gary and Herman are guests. uh, Remember this song uh, by Glenn Jones, We've Only Just Begun? (laughs) I don't know if you guys... (laughs) Remember that? Nope. You do not remember it. I think that might have been before my time. Well, it was. (laughs) I remember the Carpenter singing that song. Uh, Ah, maybe. So Glenn Jones (laughs) did it in '87, uh, and you know, we've only just begun. Different version, but but a good one. Okay. Where's the music? Well, yeah, there you go. I digress. Um, So despite my disdain for the winter, uh, New York City Emergency Management actually puts together many plans to ensure that the city can respond quickly and effectively to any winter weather emergencies. The department also has a robust public outreach campaign to ensure that New Yorkers are educated about the risks and hazards that are associated with the winter season. That's right, Omar. And that public outreach includes a new public service announcement featuring New York City Emergency Management and New York Cares. If you've been in the New York City area recently, you may have seen this on NYC TV, in your NYC taxis, local TV, and heard it on local radio. So here to talk to us about the PSA and his organization's work with New York City Emergency Management is Gary Bagley, and he is the executive director of New York Cares. Uh, hello, it's great to see everybody, and now, now you've got me humming the Carpenters. We've only just begun <laughs> in good. my mind, so uh, awesome. forgive me if I if I look a little spacey. Every <laughs> no, that's fine. We we like to do a little karaoke here on the show as well. So <laughs> feel free. And joining Mr. Bagley is Herman Schaefer, Assistant Commissioner for Community Outreach at New York City Emergency Management. Thank you both for joining the show. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Great to be here. Good to be here, Herman. I'm going to start with you. Now tell us how the city educates New Yorkers about winter risks and hazards. Uh, thank you, Omar. I mean, I think the, the, the thing is, is that emergency management really does focus on different seasons, and we're very seasonal in nature. Um, and so uh, this time we're focusing on winter weather. We have a very robust winter weather plan, which includes a lot of communication. A lot of what we would try to get out there is messaging. So we do write New York presentations, and really anyone can uh, request one of those for your organization, for your tennis association. We're out there in the community doing about 1,000 of these over the course of the year. 
But what we really want people to do is understand the risks of winter weather. And mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, slipping on ice or anything like that. There are some serious concerns that you really need to be able to take in place. So we talk about that. We talk about messaging. We spend a lot of time talking about the signs and symptoms of uh, the, the dangers of winter weather. And uh, we'd love to be out there, um, you know, doing this, doing this work and getting people prepared for emergencies. And I know emergency management works closely with uh, the New York City Health Department as well uh, to make sure that uh, we're messaging those uh, health hazards uh, during the winter season. For example, uh, how you can detect hypothermia or frostbite. So it's really a robust plan that is put in place to make sure that we are messaging to uh, let people know what the risks are uh, when it gets extremely cold out. So Gary, you are the executive director of New York Cares. Can you tell us more about the organization and its mission? Sure. Uh, New York Cares was founded 30 years ago, and our mission is to meet pressing community needs by mobilizing caring New Yorkers in volunteer service. That can take many forms. Uh, We work in education. Almost 40% of the programming we do um, helps students perform better in school, helps adults get back in the workforce. Um, We also meet immediate needs, and that's where a lot of our work with emergency management comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, about 40% of our programming involves uh, hunger programs, visiting seniors, our big annual coat drive. And then we're also here year-round making sure that volunteers help beautify the public spaces of New York City uh, and help with, uh, in particular, with urban farming is a big initiative for us as we work to get uh, more fresh produce into neighborhoods in New York City and support the wonderful local residents who are doing that. Um, As you can imagine, running on volunteers, uh, emergency management and issues around emergency management are core um, to who New York Cares is. And uh, we've worked together with emergency management since Mm 9-11 in particular to ensure that volunteers um, can really be brought meaningfully into the nonprofits and the public institutions that need them. And post-disaster, as as I'm sure everyone knows, uh, people are wonderful. They really step up to help. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And one of the reasons we were founded is because wanting to help and uh, on the nonprofit side needing the help is not all the recipe (laughs) in in a good volunteer experience there needs to be an excellent management experience in between and that's what new york cares is there to provide wonderful so gary you you mentioned volunteering and we have said many times on this podcast uh, volunteering is good food for the soul right so what are some of the ways people can get involved Well, there are many ways to get involved in volunteerism. And, you know, as much as we would love for everybody to volunteer with New York Cares, um, we know that it's just it's most critically important that everybody find their way to a great experience. Mm -hmm. If you're in New York City and you go to newyorkcares.org, again, we were founded to make this easy to access. So um, you sign up, you go to one one hour orientation, and now New York Cares has over 1,600 projects running every month, all five boroughs. Each month we're filling between 10 and 12,000 volunteer positions across the boroughs in all of those issue areas that I mentioned before. A volunteer can search by issue area, specific kind of project, the neighborhood they want to live in. Here in New York City, you can even search by subway line to find something that might be on the way from uh, when you're done working on the way home. Right. Um, so th- we're there to make it as easy as possible. 
uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, we also encourage folks, if for some reason New York Cares solution isn't the one that's working for you, um, if you visit NYC Service, that is the Mayor's Initiative to Promote Service here in New York City, mm -hmm. uh, and they also work as a connector to nonprofits citywide, so you can find an issue you're interested in, get connected to a mission that really matters to you. Uh, if volunteerism starts with your own passion and your own interest, it is more likely to stick. I always say, you know, volunteering is a good behavior you're trying to start. Right. So it's just like uh, whether it's starting a diet or starting to exercise more regularly. Mm -hmm. I always say to folks, start, make a regular commitment. Don't make that an overwhelming commitment at first because you'll burn out. Mm -hmm. uh, get started at a nice steady pace and then it will become part of your life. And Research is there. People who volunteer uh, feel happier um, than the rest of the population. Um, we are more contented with our circumstances and we're more grateful. So it, it, it's good for your health, it's good for your mindset, and it's certainly good for the community. Yeah, we've had uh, uh, individuals from NYC service on before, and as we like to say, volunteering is good for, good for you, is good for the soul, is good for everyone. Uh, and Herman, uh, I have a quick question for you. I know emergency management works closely with New York Cares before, during, and after emergencies. Can you tell us a little bit about your partnership? Sure. Um, I don't know, if Gary, if you remember this, but about 14 years ago was the first time I met you. And you're one of the first people <laughs> I met when I started doing this work. Um, and so we did a ton of work. We do a lot of work here in uh, emergency management around volunteering and volunteerism. Um, and it's because it's one of the biggest things post-emergency. People come out, and as, as Gary said, there's everyone's a good volunteer. It's just a matter of how organized they are. And the more organized the volunteers, the more successful they are, and the more impact they have post-emergency. Um, so we actually rely very heavily on New York Cares uh, to work with us to be able to manage all of what we call the spontaneous volunteers, people who have not volunteered before, who are trying to do something good and show up to a scene, to an area, um, and want to help. And they may not have work immediately to do. They may not um, have someone who's guiding them. Um, and we don't want them to get in trouble. We don't want them to cause trouble by doing the wrong thing. So we rely on your cares. They do any number of things for us. But one of the biggest things is they've got a very robust website uh, that really does uh, – serve as the coordination point for all these spontaneous volunteers. And I think, Gary, you mentioned NYC service. They're our partner in this. The, the three of us work together. They work on the affiliated volunteers, understanding what groups are out there that are organized where you work on the spontaneous volunteers. And that coordination is so critical uh, to our success post-emergency and to the rebuilding and the, and the, 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 the community recovery, which is, I think, what we're all hoping for after an emergency. I would say, add to what Herman said, that you know, after an emergency, um, and we all feel this, we, we have the desire to help, yeah. and there's a period of needing to really assess what the needs are in the community. Yeah. And so for New York Cares and NYC Service to be working together to make sure that volunteers are registered, that uh, we can get information out to them, that we can also be a part of sharing the message that rushing in right away post-disaster yeah. is Doesn't often always work. makes the situation more complicated. So again, New York Cares is managing 
not just the training of volunteers, but the expectation setting, and then really thinking about where to best deploy volunteers. You know, mm -hmm. again, when we don't really haven't assessed the situation in the neighborhoods that are impacted, um, understanding where volunteers will be most helpful, which is what they want to do, um, is something that might take 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, depending on the magnitude of the emergency. And quite honestly, volunteers are used, I mean, we, we still have some volunteers who are currently working in the city post Sandy to do community recovery. So this is a this is a long haul. Um, the you know the probably the most important time your website is there is in the short right I mean, you know first few days afterwards yeah. to directly afterwards because you know that's when you get all the people coming in. I know you've worked really hard. I mean we we've often talked about continuity of operations. Uh, you've done a tremendous job to be able to make sure your website site can handle that immediate traffic that you were expecting after an emergency. Post Sandy, a very interesting, just to give us, uh, the listeners a sense of the magnitude, uh, uh, it, uh, uh, Sandy made landfall on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, our offices are in downtown Manhattan and we were out of our offices for over a week, but um, we were able through the website um, and working remotely to to keep the organization running and make sure our website was up and running. And by that Friday, we had over 10,000 volunteers yeah. who had signed up, in addition to our typical volunteer base saying that they wanted to help. And uh, I often share this story because uh, nonprofits also rely on wonderful partnerships. And about 48 hours in, uh, a partner of ours called uh, from Google and said, do you know your website's about to crash at any moment? <laughs> um, just the intense traffic, yeah. which, you know, Sandy, again, tested many systems. So yeah. we were we were running traffic that was quadruple anything we had ever imagined, even in this event of a disaster. Mm -hmm. So people really do step up and I'm thinking about continuity of operations. Uh, we we uh, we try to walk our talk. We do quarterly reminders to the all staff about how to be ready for disasters, how to make sure our work can continue, uh, and we have an internal disaster response team that makes sure that the organization and, and yeah. in particular our website can operate. Yeah, and I, and that's so key because without that, it's hard to rely on partners to be able to do these critical functions. Yeah. So knowing that and us working together for as many years as we have, it's a very comfortable relationship. And I appreciate that. One of my board members said something that's always been a favorite phrase of mine right after Hurricane Sandy. He said, all of New York City can go down. New York Cares has to stay yeah. up. And, mm -hmm. that's, and that, is, that is the standard and that is how we think of the work. Yeah. I love it. And it's a great work between New York City Emergency Management and New York Cares, which brings us to winter. And as we mentioned before, you know, part of the city's strategy is to prepare for and respond to winter emergencies through public messaging. Uh, this can come in many forms, press releases, press conferences, social media, broadcast. This year, New York City Emergency Management and New York Cares teamed up on a new PSA that focuses on being a good neighbor and donating a coat this winter season. Uh, we have a clip to play for our listeners so they can hear what the PSA sounds like. It stars uh, Gary and it stars our commissioner here at Emergency Management. Uh, so let's take a listen. I'm Joe Esposito, commissioner at New York City Emergency Management. And I'm Gary Bagley, executive director at New York Cares. 
Each winter, many New Yorkers face extreme cold, but you can make a difference by donating a coat to someone in need. Having a warm coat can help you fight the harsh weather. Go to nyc.gov slash emergency management, call 311, or visit newyorkcares.org. Together, Together we, we can, can be winter ready. ready. Mm, what a powerful clip that is. Uh, Gary and Herman, can you tell our listeners how this initiative came about? Gary, we'll start with you. I think through our strong partnership, I'm grateful to say that uh, emergency management reached out to New York Cares. Um, We've always been partnering. New York Cares has been running our coat drive for 30 years. So I think we saw an opportunity to send out the message of being uh, both winter ready personally and then trying to ensure that one of your neighbors also can be uh, ready for the winter and more able to um, especially survive the cold of winter, which is, we all know, is today intense and will probably become even more so. Yeah, and here in emergency management, we've hosted the coach drive a number of years. It's in our lobby. Yeah. We send this out to our CERT volunteers, those are community emergency response team volunteers, our partners saying that we're, we, we have a box here, please come to donate. Um, and we do this uh, as soon as we possibly can, which is, I think, early November. And yeah. we think this year we start even maybe in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it's going to go until the end of the year, right, Gary? Yeah, we go through December 31st. Uh, and at New York Cares, we have a goal of collecting 130,000 votes this year, which will be uh, an increase of about 25,000 over what we did last year. But New Yorkers have always stepped up with us. Uh, And I think everybody understands uh, now more than ever, there are certain issues that nag at the city that leave many of our 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 neighbors in need of whether it's a coat, whether it's housing, um, some very basic needs. And um, at this time of the holidays, when we uh, most of us are able to feel a real sense of gratitude for everything that we do have in life and that sense of plenty of what it means to both live in a city like New York and and to enjoy the kind of careers and and lives that many of us do. I think we're especially aware when our neighbors are in Mm -hmm. need. And so we'd like to give everybody a nice tangible thing they can do at this solid AC. And and not only did we have a PSA with New York Cares and Emergency Management, but we also worked together along with the Salvation Army uh, for a coat drive up in Harlem earlier uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, uh, between New York Cares and Emergency Management donated uh, more than 300 coats to the community. That event was just amazing. Um, I think, you know, one of the things I often say is that events like the Coat Drive uh, have to run on partnerships. Right. That's one of the messages that happens in our work with emergency management. We're working with a thousand nonprofits and schools across the five boroughs, hundreds and hundreds of community groups and companies across the five boroughs, whether they host a coat drive, whether they answer winter wishes letters, whether they volunteer mm-hmm. with us. We like to see ourselves as a hub for making a lot of good things happen across the city. And, you know, it's a really... Um, it's a it's an honor it, we we hold an honored position it's sort of humbling because mm-hmm. so many groups make good happen through us that you know last year we collected and distributed 105,000 coats we filled over 200,000 volunteer positions across the five boroughs wow. Wow. and that is just because we try to harness the good right. um in of uh, intentions of so many amazing new yorkers yeah. and you do a, a spectacular job at it 
and and we were able to experience that firsthand. Yeah, definitely. That, an, an amazing initiative, really. And and what we hear in the PSA is the theme of being a good neighbor through donating a winter coat, but that's just one of the t- winter tips that we provide. We often use simple tips like bundling up and keeping your noses, ears, and head covered during the cold. This question is for both of you. Why is messaging so important before a winter emergency? Herman, let's start with you. So, I mean, I think it's it's something that has to be done ahead of time. It's like much of preparedness. So, you know, our messaging is to, you know, be a buddy, check on a neighbor, um, take care of someone else. And so that's what we really want you to do is to start by taking care of yourself, knowing what to do, but then reaching out and taking care of somebody else that may need your help. So a friend, a neighbor, uh, go out there and, and, and make sure that what you're doing is impacting other people as well. And I think that goes well again, with the message that Gary was just talking about. I think, you know, preparedness is so important for each of us because, you know, hopefully we become prepared for an emergency and then it doesn't take place. Yes. Uh, it's incredible. <laughs> so, and, and therefore, the next emergency takes us by surprise when we decide it's going to be like the last one and we're no longer ready. So I think just that idea of, I almost think of it like good health, right? We don't want to wait and start eating right and exercising when we get sick. We want to do that to prevent that. So Mm -hmm. um, the messaging is important. And because hopefully an emergency doesn't happen every day, it also needs to be consistent and in our awareness. Yep. My granny always used to say prevention is better than cure. So to your point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Gary, can you, uh, and you mentioned that the coat drive goes uh, throughout uh, through December 31st here in the city. Um, but I want to mention that this year, New York Cares added pop-up locations uh, where people can drop off some coats. Tell us a little about that. At New York Cares, we were thinking so hard because we one of the downsides, if you will, of the coat drive is that, you know, individuals go through a lot of effort. They go through their closets. They drag all their coats to some box somewhere and they drop it in and New York cares isn't there to thank them. Right. right? And now of course we couldn't collect 105,000 coats and have somebody everywhere, but we wanted the chance to bring the experience a little closer to home for people. So um, through the generosity of some landlords who donated some retail space that was available, um, an experiential design firm that stepped in to, to design beautiful spaces for us, we have, two pop-up shops this season. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one this week running at 111 Third Avenue. Uh, It's running Tuesday through Saturday from 2.30, I'm sorry, from 7.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will end on December 22nd. But if you go into that pop-up shop, you can donate a coat. What we're also doing to expand the experience is instead of throwing the coat in a box, there'll be a place where a volunteer can hang it on a coat hook. Nice. So that it's a little bit like home, understanding the kind of home we that we wish for everybody who will eventually receive a coat. You'll see quotes from previous recipients of coats to help maybe understand how important this can be in somebody's life. You'll also have an opportunity, if you'd like, to write a holiday note mm. that will attach nice. to the coat, and we can make sure that gets to the recipient. So that um, at a time when when the most basic needs aren't being met, like a coat, right. um, someone can understand that not only is there a coat, but that there's another New Yorker somewhere who wants the absolute best for them and wants them back up on their feet and fully thriving. Wonderful. 
And uh, if you don't have a coat to donate, uh, you can also donate cash as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. We started a new program two years ago that's been a huge success. If you text COAT to 41444, that's the word COAT, mm -hmm. to 41444, a donation of just $20 will allow New York Cares to buy a brand new coat for a New Yorker in need. Last year, a full 30,000 of the coats that we were able to deliver the community were brand new, thanks to the generosity of New Yorkers who, without a coat, still stepped up and gave to us financially. And, and it really, again, just emphasizes the point of looking out for others and being a good neighbor, helping others in need and it seems like you guys at New York Cares have thought of everything and you're making the experience not only great for those in need but also for those who are coming to give and we appreciate that so well done and we enjoy working with you here uh, at New York City Emergency Management. We are going to transition into what we like to call our rapid fire Q&A uh, and this is more of a, a lighter side of the podcast <laughs> uh, where we ask you some questions feel free to answer in one word if you want you can expound upon it uh, as well but uh it's lighthearted and we really love to have some fun uh so we're gonna go with the first question gary this one is for you first uh what is your favorite winter preparedness tip have lots and lots of batteries i actually just bought about 150 double a and triple a batteries on saturday all for yourself <laughs> all for me, me, me. Uh, and i guess if, if if power goes out i'd, I'd share them with my neighbor <laughs> <laughs> all about being a good neighbor <laughs> herman what about you your favorite winter preparedness tip uh i would have to say switch out your go bag so make sure that you uh you don't have your summer stuff in your winter go bag so think about seasonally you know very, very good point. Right. So, Gary, what is one emergency item that you cannot live without? So it could be something like an old family photo or a f comfy pair of slippers. Mine's a little geekier um, than any of those things. I, I take my solar USB charger. Mm. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, I like that. I like that. One? I, at New York Cares, I so often would need to know that I can be at available um, at post-emergency that uh, I definitely charge my phone all the time. Do you have one or 150? <laughs> <laughs> on that one, I only have three. One, oh, wow. Very nice. One at work, one at home, and one in Pennsylvania where I would escape to <laughs> if New York City were without electricity. Oh, you wow. have it all planned. Very out. nice. Okay. Preparedness buff. I love it. I, we, we learn from our mistakes. That's what I always say. There you go. I like it. Herman, what about you? Uh, one emergency item you cannot live without. See, I'm a I'm a photographer, so it, my digital photos mm -hmm. I've got I've got those back three three times up, and then all the best ones they're on the cloud somewhere. So I, I, I I've got to make sure that those are accessible to me. I did not know you were a photographer, so that means when I'm out, you can definitely take some pictures yes. <laughs> at our events. <laughs> um, so we mentioned earlier uh, some Glenn Jones music. Uh, so the next question, what is currently on your playlist? I admit it's Aretha Franklin's Christmas album. Uh, uh, just amazing. Nice. It was amazing that when she sang it and, and having lost her this year, it was just top of mind and it is just miraculous. She yeah. is iconic. Yes, she is. <laughs> Herman. Uh, I'm going to go. I've been listening to someone, the J band recently, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I also have a, 
three-year-old and a five-year-old, so really my playlist is kids pop. <laughs> Baby <Aww>. Shark. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Sydney Street best dog. Exactly. <laughs> playlist is not my own. <laughs> so this is my favorite topic. Um, so Gary, what's your favorite holiday food? You know, I'm trying to think of something that's not a bunch of sugar, um, sugar but I can't right? think no. of anything. I just, I just love a good straightforward Christmas cookie. Oh, I just, nice. I, I love it. If it can have like a little glitter on it, you know, that kind of thing. Love it. I'm sure it's pure sugar, but I love oh, it. it <laughs> just be. a block of sugar. Just a block <laughs> of sugar. If you could get me a stick of butter covered in sugar, <laughs> I think go. I'd be fine. <laughs> Herman. Uh, red velvet cupcakes. Ooh. There you go. Nice Christmas cool. colors, the, the red and the white. Nice, okay. nice, nice. Fancy, fancy, fancy. <laughs> and our last rapid fire question. Uh, Herman, we're going to start with you. What is your favorite winter theme movie or TV show? Uh, so I've got to go back to my childhood here. Uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Ooh, the Muppets. Love the Muppets. Beautiful. And, and I also am back to my childhood, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, very nice. Just, they, it didn't get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> All good answers. Uh, and uh, you guys can view the PSA uh, on NYC. Uh, TV, also in New York City taxis, and Gary, yeah. you're a celebrity, a local, uh, a local I, celebrity. I have gotten Always. so many texts and emails from friends who say, I just saw you in a taxi. Two of them were so much on their phones that they took a picture of it and texted me. And I was like, that's, that's like, I, I deep cause for concern for, <laughs> uh, for both of them, but but it was nice. So I have pictures of me and Commissioner Esposito, like mid PSA from the back of cabs. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so they're in cabs, NYC TV, local broadcast stations. They're also on our website and on YouTube. And again, what a, a amazing initiative uh, this year with the PSA and with the coat drive. And just one last question. Uh, do you have any final thoughts to our listeners, anyone who may be visiting uh, New York, who, who might be from out of town, coming into New York? Any thoughts on you know joining this initiative and maybe donating a winter coat? Gary. Absolutely. Come to, if you're in town, come to our pop-up shop through December 22nd. Um, we are collecting in any police precinct in the five boroughs, 24 hours a day, one of our strongest partnerships. So please, you know, especially if you're going back to a warmer climate, heck, leave us your coat on your way to the airport. Or take us with you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to take me with you, leave your coat. <laughs> Herman, what about you? Uh, I'd say if you're uh, if you're just joining us here, I want everyone to enjoy all the beauty that that is New York City during the yeah. holidays. Um, but also to sign up for Notify NYC, I've got to put a plug in for that. Um, <laughs> it'll tell you everything that's going on. Uh, if you're traveling, it'll tell you where to avoid, what accidents are happening, all that stuff. So you can even you can enjoy it even more. And that's at NotifyNYC on Twitter. And uh, as we mentioned, not only is the PSA on TV, but uh, you can also listen to it on WNYE 91.5 FM, other local radio stations. And for our Spanish listeners, uh, we have not forgotten you. You can tune in to WXNY 96.3, uh, also WADO 1280 AM and WQBU 
92.7 to hear the PSA in Espanol. So we have the English covered and we have uh, for our Spanish listeners as well. Uh, you can tune in there. That's this edition of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared. <laughs>